Uh, my junior year of high school, I always had um, I always had my EMT class in the morning, and then I would have lifting class second period, and my third period is free, and then fourth I had uh, AP history. And so during that free period, I'd always go to the gas station. I'd I'd grab just whatever you know. I had forty minutes. I'd do whatever, and uh, I got a half gallon of chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. You know, big thing. It was like the whole milk too. It was like chocolate, whole milk, half a gallon. I grab that thing and I come back. We've got a test to do in like that 40 minutes. My teacher's like, she was a fun teacher. She's like, I'll give you 100% if you finish that. I was like, (laughs) she's like, before your test is over. And I was like, okay, I will definitely do that. Uh, I was like, I'm going to make that happen. And I still tried on the test in case I couldn't finish the thing, but I was drinking it the whole time, like writing answers, drinking milk, (laughs) writing answers, drinking milk. And I finished it. She gave me 100%. And I went into my next class. Um, I don't remember what it was. I think it was an English class or something. And in the middle of that class, I was like, wow, I feel like shit right now. And I went into the bathroom and just straight milk. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. But that's how you pass the test. There you go. (laughs) All right. uh, Welcome to the Joy Rides Automotive Podcast. My name is Dalen Marsh, and I'm joined here in the studio by my co-hosts, Corey Crispin. What's up? And Tony Irvin. Hello. This is our introductory episode, so I figured it'd be nice if we did a little bit of introduction, kind of let us know who everybody is, what we do, and whatnot. Uh, We'll get into new car news. There's been a lot of that recently, and uh, from there, we'll just kind of take it on an open discussion. So, have any uh, new car news, anything? You know, the one that we were just talking about today was the, uh, what's the new Z car? The The 400Z. 400Z. And of all of the new cars that have been announced lately, I mean, obviously, nobody cares about the Bronco Sport. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. But the new Bronco is coming. You know, we have the new Land Rover Defender, Ford Lightning, and now the Ford Maverick, I believe is what they're calling yeah, it. Yeah, the, Although the it's little, not a car that's this No, it's time. a little yeah, pickup. It's, it's a small pickup. It's, it's a, smaller than the, uh, the Ranger. Than the Ranger, yeah. Yeah, it's a little pickup. Have like, you seen this? I have heard about it. I yeah. have not seen any pictures of it. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. You know, there were uh, there were pictures leaked from, I believe, the Mexican plant where they're building it. There were pictures leaked a while ago, and I saw those. And it seems very interesting. But I think of everything that has been announced recently, like in the last, you know, six months, I would say the coolest thing is the 400Z. Yes. And I really love that weird yellow green that they announced mm-hmm. it in. Mm-hmm. That color is so cool. It matches it perfectly. I love that the grill doesn't look like a fish the way it does on the 350 and 370 but it rather kind of goes back to well, the 240. Yeah, it resembles the early ones a lot better. It, it mm-hmm. looks like a 240 modernized and the 240 is in my opinion one of the most beautiful cars ever made. It's, it's oh, gorgeous yeah. for a cheap sports car. I mean, it's all absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They, those those Z cars just drive fantastic too. Mm-hmm. It's like a legit sports car. Yeah. When They're, you when you get a a good one, it, it's it's really well balanced. It's right. it's honestly kind of surprising that that's a cheap sports car from the seventies. Yeah, and they don't have a lot of power, but man, do they go! Mm-hmm. And do we know yet what the new MSRP is going to be for the four hundred? Over forty grand. Yeah. Over forty. Over forty. So it's not really a cheap sports car anymore. No. You're getting I mean, almost what, into C eight territory. But what's that debuted at what fifty okay. five? Granted, so, it's been marked up. What's a, a what's a cheap sports car today though? You know what I mean? Like it just it doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, what what does the uh, BRZ and eighty six come out at? Oh, those are expensive. The new the I new thought BRZ. Were, I thought they the, were somewhere in the 20s. So they just released oh, okay, the new new redesign eighty six. Engine is up. It's a two point four instead of a two liter. Torque peak torque is now way down at the bottom of the rev range, whereas before it was way up at the top. Mm. 
which is what made those cars feel super slow and everybody kind of memed on the cars for it. But now it's way down at the bottom. There's still that torque dip, you know, all the memes about the torque dip. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's still there, but because the peak torque is all the way down at the bottom. Yeah, you can actually use it. Yeah, from from yeah. what I've heard in like, you know, reviews and whatnot, it, it sounds like it's a, a much better engine for the car. You can still get a six speed manual, six speed automatic. See, and like anymore, I would think anything under thirty grand for a sports car would mm-hmm. be a pretty cheap sports car. Yeah, I'm, you can get yeah. a Miata for under thirty grand. Yeah. Right. I mean, back then, granted there's a little bit of inflation to throw in there, but you had cars that would come out at, you know, less than thirty grand that were actually pretty cool for their day uh, mm-hmm. i'd like to cite the cobalt ss you could oh, pick those yes. things up from like 23 to 26 which mm-hmm. granted that's about 30 today but back then that was pretty cool i mean as long as you're okay with having a terrible interior the rest of the car was actually pretty interesting everybody well, had pretty crappy interiors in the 2000s yeah. That, yeah i mean i'm <laughs> even, not gonna <laughs> even luxury brands had terrible interiors in the in the 2000s but like the cobalt ss was great because you get the little uh you know, you get the two-door coupe with the turbo, and those are fast and everything. Mm-hmm. But then you get the sedan. Then you have a sleeper. Yeah, you had... Um, they for, offered for that one as a year, sedan. They, I think it was in 2008 or 2009, you were able to get the two-liter LNF, which is the... Uh, it's like an Ecotech variant. Yeah. Um, different bottom end and with stuff like that. Yeah, with the turbo. Made 265 horsepower and I think 240 pound-feet of torque. I think that's the correct number on that. I mean, you could get that. At a decent price, and granted, the sedan is so ugly that nobody would assume right. that it's fast. <laughs> right, <laughs> and I, it kind of was. Well, I don't know the the sedan. Like, I knew a guy with one in black, and he had some aftermarket wheels and exhaust on it, and it sounded great, and it looked awesome. Tinted tinted windows and headlights, and it just blacked out. It looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like a full size sedan, so it wasn't like a it wasn't similar to like a freaking BMW or Mercedes rolling up, but it was still pretty sporty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were very cool. I had, um, I had a 2009 cobalt sport. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, the 2.2 liter eco is naturally aspirated automatic. So not a whole lot of thrills to it. It wasn't right. an exciting car, but it was, um, black and the sport, uh, trim level came with the SS appearance package. Mm-hmm. I had the SS wheels, uh, it still had the factory Pirelli tires on it when I got really? it. The thing looked amazing. It sounded okay, but it was a dog. But mine was naturally aspirated. I didn't have the cool two-liter turbo that so the SS got. We, my first car that I drove was an HHR. I think it was an 07. Yeah. So oh, yeah. the same, <laughs> it's, same it's thing. a but, cobalt wagon. But the HHRs <laughs> came with a 2.4, which was like another 20 horsepower. The which not that it really mattered a whole lot. It's a terrible engine. I just want to put that out there. I have blown one up. I just, knowing these motors, because I've raced them for the last, you know, four or five years now, it's the two liter are the good ones. Oh, yeah, definitely. But they're like, because they didn't come stock in too many cars, they're they're pretty illegal throughout like uh, this racing division, unless you have like one of the open motor divisions where you can run whatever. And in that case, run a two liter, but everyone else runs the 2.2 Ecotech. Those things are incredibly robust. Um, the one that I actually just swapped out had seven seasons on it without a rebuild. Jesus. So that's probably a hundred nights of racing and it was okay. 
See, but like, as far as like a, just a street car, you know, you're not going to beat the crap. Okay, it's an HHR. It got beat up quite a bit. But <laughs> it's supposed like, to. It's I don't know if I've ever seen an HHR that didn't have at least one headlight missing, a lot of rust. It's supposed it, to shit have rust. Falling off. This one had a massive dent right on the rear quarter. And I say had, but we still have it. So it has a massive dent right on the rear quarter. Uh, Why don't you ever drive it? Because uh, if I'm going to drive anything, I'm going to drive my WRX. Yeah. But like, okay. So... Our HHR, it has gone through one engine, but that's because my brother hit a rut in my neighbor's uh, driveway and mm-hmm. uh, broke the oil pan, mm. and it drained all the oil, and he's like, oh, I'll just drive it home. Mm. And Yeah, there's the first <laughs> engine. And then last summer, I was driving it in Kansas City, and there was something in the middle of the road, and it was like 6 a.m. I'm like, I'm not going around this. I thought it was a cardboard box. It was a cinder block, and it hit the transmission <laughs> pan. Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about a fucking terrible day. So it's just an HHR doing what they're supposed to do. Right. Get, get destroyed by the road. <laughs> Anyways, it took out the transmission oil pan, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, we'll just. I'm a mile from my home. We'll tow Drive it home. It home. Okay. I, we weren't that ballsy. Drive it home, Tony. But, uh, we, uh, we towed it home. And taking the pan off, there's a chunk of the transmission broke off, like, you know, a couple inches, not too big of a deal. Just dremel it down a little bit, JB weld it back on there, put a little bit of JB weld on there, sand it down, and then uh, it still drives today. Yeah. It leaks like a sieve. <laughs> it still it drives. Goes. Just spray it with a bunch of Flex Seal and move on. Yep. Anyways... Let's get back to the uh, 400Z. We kind of went off the rails there. Um, 400Z, did you see the prototype, how it was just like a big open box for the grill? Yeah, and honestly... It's kind of weird. I don't think... I don't think... uh, Well, I mean, maybe it's possible, but with, you know, there's so many bumper laws, pedestrian laws, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's what the actual grill is going to look like when it No, so production car has... uh, I'll pull it up here, but the production car has a bunch of little, like... Not ovals, but like rounded off squares, I guess. Actually, it's just kind of like rubber. It's funny. I open Instagram and the first thing that pops up is the 400Z. But it's listen to you, right? Oh, speaking of which, I got my COVID shot, so Bill Gates is going to listen to this too. Yeah, I heard that the uh, the 400Z is going to come with a twin turbo V6. I have also heard that rumor, and I hope it's true. Yes, I know. I'll just pull up. Nissan's website. Which I guess Nissan, it'd be similar to a, a GTR setup, I would imagine. With the Which then makes it makes you wonder, what's the point of the GTR? Right. Which then makes you wonder, when are we going to get a GTR that's not from 2007? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you came out with it 15 years ago. Why are you still selling it? That's what Pontiac does. <laughs> <laughs> Twin turbo V6 and standard with a six-speed manual. Yeah. Hell yeah. That, that would be a really cool car. And that's, that's what I've said is like, that is probably the coolest at least in my opinion that is the most interesting like new car oh for you know, sure prototype yeah, kind of thing that's coming for out. sure and like i said i absolutely love that color on there that kind of it's like a lime green but a little bit of like mountain dew piss kind of color in there i think it's really awesome they also had that uh really cool light blue that they launched aside that yellow color see i think the light blues are kind of a hard color to find a good good car for mm-hmm. it definitely looks good on the bentley and everything every like, car from the 90s looks good in light blue 
with with like stripes and stuff, with like stripes and shit on yeah, the side. Yeah, like yeah. just a decal pinstripe on the side. It looks like a solo halfway. cup, like or like a, like a you know what I'm talking about, like the, oh, like the white the, ones like with like the blue scribble. On yeah, it. like the um, there's like the Ford Ranger splash. I think. Yep. Was one. Oh, yep. <laughs> and it, you just know it's yeah. gonna smell like a bowling alley on yeah. the inside. Okay. Speaking of like Ford Rangers and paint jobs, mm-hmm. there is somebody in Mount Vernon who drives, or at least there was. It was a God, I'm trying to think. Either like a late nineties, early two thousands Ford Ranger. It's dark green and from end to end there's a dragon painted on it. Like full in <laughs> detail. It's not like a cartoon dragon, like a full on airbrush dragon. What's the dragon doing? It breathing fire. What else is it gonna do? Hell yeah. Yeah. Is there it, somebody fighting the dragon? No, that No, would, you need to you need to go do you know how to airbrush? S10. You need to go airbrush somebody an, fighting the dragon. I have an airbrush. Mm-hmm. I'm not an artist. Oh, okay. I, I can or airbrush you, you airbrush figures. onto the side of your car like a guy with a sword and then you run into the yeah, ranger with a yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd hate to do that because I want that uh, that ranger. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't imagine it's still around because mm-hmm. rangers, you know, but like I, I want it for the dragon. Oh, definitely. And yeah. that, that makes me, that makes me, uh, remember that I drove by a car in town the other day. Um, they had flames on it. You know how people do flames on their car, you know, like the yeah. old Jeff Gordon style where you got flames, except this guy didn't do it on the front. They were on the quarter panels coming like off the rear wheels. Oh my like, lord! Boomer. That's, like, why? I've never seen that done before. It, it didn't look good either. Whatever you're picturing in your head is looking good. It wasn't that. It looks stupid. I'm picturing PT Cruiser crowd. P- yeah. PT Cruiser modifying people. I the PT Cruiser crowd. They're just the. the I swear. Strangers. If you ever if you want to find of a, like six. In some guy's driveway, he has like six PT cruisers, and they're all different colors. Some oh, of them have the woods. I was going to say, if you want to see a really nice modded out PT cruiser, you will always find one in a strip club parking lot. Oh, yeah. oh I guarantee it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Anytime you pull up to the titter, there's going to be one sitting out there with aftermarket wheels on it and mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. I have seen, there was a car show in the meth head town next to where we went to, where I went to school. And there was a PT cruiser there. It had, it was black. It had blue flames on it. And it was a full Fox body Mustang drivetrain underneath it. Rear wheel <laughs> drive. That would be awesome. Five, <laughs> <laughs> you put like $30,000 worth of work into this PT cruiser. Yeah. And it's still got a quarter mile time of 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's nothing you can do to make it faster than that. Nope. Except for the guy who has the Hemi in the back of one. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be cool. It does like a does like a quarter mile wheel stand. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That would yeah, that'd definitely be awesome. And that kind of makes me wonder what would be the coolest swap out there that you could do. I mean, we could do a full episode on that, but just right off the top of your head, oh, think swaps. of a cool swap. There's swaps. One of them that I've always wanted to do, but I don't have the money to do is get a BMW Isetta. You know. Those things are awesome. Yeah, the perfect car. Except <laughs> <laughs> they are the perfect car. It's got a Why refrigerator do you door handle. Okay. Why do you two agree? <laughs> okay, let's be honest. Like you said, it looks like a refrigerator, and you could park it anywhere. They were made by a refrigerator company. They were made by ISA, which was oh, okay, a Italian, sense. I believe, refrigerator company. And that's why the front door opens like a fridge. It was almost as if they said, oh, hey, like, you know, BMW wants this car made. We kind of need to design some some body elements. And they were like, well, we have a door in the factory. Just make some make some hinges that line up with it or something. We'll this just put it right on the front. This is the cheapest way to do it. If I remember correctly, I think BMW bought the design from ISA. 
or yeah, ISA. Is ISA? Is, yeah, I think they bought the design because they needed it to make a car. You know, they they were making motorcycles after World War II. Yeah, roads were getting better. People wanted cars. So they were like, hey, you know, we'll 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 make a bubble car, a little micro car. Yeah, and it was it was under this. Um, there was some law in Europe at the time. Uh, I can't cite it perfectly off the top of my head, but there was something that if either your car was under a certain size or under a certain displacement or something, it classified as a motorcycle. Well, yeah, because mm. that one was just 600 cc's or something like that, wasn't it? It was uh, 250 cc oh, and made 12 lower. horsepower, <laughs> but you could get the Isetta 300, which was a 300 cc that made 13 horsepower. You could pay extra oh, for man. one horsepower, but... <laughs> It's what like I think would be cool, <laughs> yeah, it's like a six dollar charge. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> no, but uh, at that time it's like five million Deutschmarks. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just some something that you can't even afford. You have to. You live in East Berlin. You have to like get it over the wall somehow, and you're just you like, have to like shoot your Isetta. neighbor for bread, and now you're like I got to go buy a car. <laughs> Hmm. My options here are Trabant or Isetta. <laughs> what am I going? <laughs> oh my god! Do I order a Trabant and I wait ten years for a car to show up that doesn't have a glove box, or do I buy a refrigerator with a three hundred cc engine in the back? But anyway, you know what would be cool is like a GSXR one thousand engine in the back. Ooh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just take like one of those ridiculous motorcycle engines yeah. and put that in the back of an Isetta. Like a granted you'll probably get killed while driving it, but it would be so cool for those five seconds. Like yeah. a ZX six R, hundred and fifty horsepower. In this, yeah, that'd be amazing. In the same vein, I've always thought it'd be really cool to make my own uh, body that kind oh, of resembles yeah. like an old school like Formula One car and put some motorcycle engine in it because it just revs be awesome. to the moon and yeah. So basically you want to build a Formula 4 car yeah. is what you're doing. Yeah. 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 So it's that's, 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 a 1.6 liter I believe. It's a Honda inline 4 hmm. is what is powered like I mean that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. And those things are very lightweight. They make like 150 horsepower or something like that, but yeah. they hardly weigh anything and you know, we've seen those things in person. They're cool. I don't know. Maybe you guys make know some how molds to mold. and all fiberglass. Either fiberglass, I was going to say. I, I Tony knows how to work uh, English wheel, right? Oh, my Lord, it's not very good. It <laughs> well, I can do fiberglass like, pretty well. We'll make so. a magnesium I, I body. <laughs> See, I really want... Imagine that thing on fire. <laughs> oh, what about carbon? Lord. Carbon fiber. We could, we could do oh, carbon yeah, you know, fiber. That's cheap. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, I really want a Formula V car. Similar setup. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. yeah, yeah. yeah. But just Volkswagen drivetrain in the back, super easy to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, and I have a picture here somewhere, but I'm going to have to find it. What if you just took like a Beetle and just put a Formula body on it? Or just took everything off and just made some sort so of... you just make a body? Myers-Manx, but Formula? Yeah. Yeah. The thing with that is that with the Formula V, you switch the transaxle around. So then you put the engine right behind you, and then mm. you just sit right in the middle. Okay. Which... A lot of people will do the, uh, I mean, kit cars and shit. The, you take the bug chassis and you just put like a Porsche 550 Spider body on it, which mm-hmm. is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Those Beck Spider kits are, are really cool. Yeah. You could be like every crackhead in Florida and just start putting fiberglass and whatever else you can find on a Fiero. Oh, yeah. That's just what they do. It's like they get bored and it's like, mm, there's a bunch of alligators in the backyard. I can't go back there, so I'm going to spend the day in the garage. And next thing you know, you have a Lamborghini, Porsche, Ferrari, Fiero. Okay. <laughs> Only thing better than that is the people who put cardboard mods on their HHR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. Or the people that have like... Oh, I'm going to get a Mazda Protégé, and I'm going to put a huge cardboard wing on the back. Yeah. So, going to the like whole swap thing, mm-hmm. perfect swap engine for something like that 
is there is a company, and I believe they put these in the Radicals. I don't know if you ever see the Radical car, the British the or Radical whatever. RX-8 or something. something or like SR, SR8, something I think. Something like that. Something like that. I've definitely seen these. It's a uh, There's actually a cup racing series over these. It's, like it's a, a spec It's a track series. car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're super cool. So they use a Hayabusa-based V8. And it's like... Wait, what? Okay, look it up. <laughs> um, Hi- all right. Hayabusa. Is it reliable? No. They said that if <laughs> yeah, you... Yeah, yeah. Let's they race said that something that'll break on lap two. So it's not a 90 degree V, it's a 72 degree V. And they said that they use a 72 degree so that way for packaging. And because of that, it's so unbalanced that if you sit at like 6,000 RPM or something, it'll just shake itself to death. That's honestly awesome. Because, you know, you're racing, it's not like you'll ever be at six grand or anything. Right. But if you get one of these engines in the twin turbo variant, which and it's like three liters or something, it's like... 500 horsepower at 10,000 RPM, which is like that's sweet, fucking perfect. And mm-hmm. it's set up for a like an in, in a car, like a longitudinal setup. Mm-hmm. So you put it on a transaxle and you put something like that in like a formula car. Yeah, It'll fucking fly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. That's sweet, Tony. It's weren't you telling me about some other engine that's oh, um, the, okay? Yeah, okay. And I don't remember the name of this company, but there's a company in Britain. That's making a V10 swap for Miatas, and it's a two-liter V10 makes 200 horsepower at 13,000 RPM. That thing probably screams. Oh yeah, and it's, you need like a straight pipe out of that thing. You would be the most annoying Miata on your block. Yes, like, there's no doubt. And Miatas are already pretty annoying. Yeah, imagine like you hear an indie car outside, so you're like, that sounds awesome. You look outside and you see a dude drive by with his pop-ups up. His NA Miata. <laughs> so it was a two-liter V10. Got a tear in the top. It's a two-liter V10, and it's not a normal V. It's like the um, what's that fucking the, like the W, W8. Yeah, like where the W has the um shared head. I can't think of it. the VR6. It's like a VR6, mm. but a V10. Okay, where it shares one head. So it looks like a straight 10 or whatever the fuck. It looks like a straight 5 in line 5. Is it a 22.5 degree V10? Sounds That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find it? Yeah, I did. Hell yeah. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to play this video and listen to it when I get home. I'm sure the engine's like fucking 20 grand or something. Oh, for but sure. Still, that with twin turbos, mm-hmm. which they're talking about, 250 horsepower, which is not a lot, but at 13,000 RPM, mm-hmm. it's moving. It'd be nuts. Yeah. I'm doing an engine swap right now. You guys already know about yep. this. But Miata 1.6 into a MGB, which I was telling Corey about this. You know, when I was looking up numbers and kind of investigating this and figuring out mm-hmm. what's what, I was looking at, you know, what the MGB made for power. And it was like 96 horsepower or whatever. Yeah. And the Miata 1.6 is supposed to make like 115. So I was like, okay, you know, that's a decent bump, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I was looking into it and, you know, my car is from the 70s. And so by the time they decrease compression and put cats on and all this stuff, right. the MGB was making like 60 horsepower. So I'm going from 60, 60 to 115, which should help that car out. But and, so, you know, take out all the parts you don't need. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm um, saving yeah. 100 pounds of weight, too, with the engine. Yeah. Cause Did the M- okay, mm-hmm. so you have a 73 MGB. Mm-hmm. Did those have... Mine's a 78. Okay, I thought it was a 73. Did okay by seventy eight. I'm sure those had power steering, didn't they? Or did they no. simply ignore it? I don't think nope. they need it. They're so light I, yeah, I know that you are manual steering. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if you got rid of any sort of power steering assist or anything like that. It's a manual rack. When I get the engine put back together, I'll just have rollers on the power steering and the AC. What okay. did what did those cars weigh? 
factory weight. 2,030 pounds. Yeah. So wow. So that's that's light. Mm-hmm. So you'll be under 2,000 with that with the engine. Is that right? Yeah. I can't yeah. remember the number. Well, it, it really add should fuel be. myself. Yeah. Is 2030 your dry weight? 2030 is. Yeah, that's the curb weight. And you are putting factory seats in it once you find them? Mm Because I know right now you have Honda Civic seats sitting in it. Well, so I have have actual seats. No. No, (laughs) they sit way too high. They're way too high. Yeah, it looks Uh, ridiculous in there. It looks like an SUV seat in comparison because it takes up the entire car. So I actually I have two sets of MGB seats. Oh yeah, they're torn and the foam the foams are terrible. So I'm gonna have to get new foam and new leather, but shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I mean there's there's places in town you can get that done. You know guys, so I plan on just doing it. You can get all that stuff off of Moss Motors. Oh, yeah, it, so you'll it, just do it yourself. Yeah, you just get the skins. They're mm-hmm. not hard to put on. No. I've I've actually installed seat skins before. It's mm-hmm. not terrible. Granted, that was on a much newer car. So who knows? Well, who so knows how they compare. on the seat? It's literally just it's it's a metal frame. You put the foam on, and then you put the skins over the foam. It's really not yeah, like yeah, it's not, yeah, not a it's lot. Not going to be super process. complex. I mean, it's a manual seat. It's it's not like it has any sensors or no anything. Bags no. or anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So it shouldn't be terrible. We mm-hmm. should be able to do that. Sensors. I never, like, I'm used to the old cars. I'm like, <laughs> fucking sensors. Yeah. The newest thing I have owned is 2009. Yeah. And so it's like anytime I go to work on something, it's always like pretty old stuff. And it's weird that I'm finding like weird broken sensors in my BMW. You know, it's an mm-hmm. 89 mm-hmm. Uh, 325i. It's, you know, the E30 chassis. So it's got sensors, sensors that are really important, but you're like, what does this control? Well, I noticed that there were sensors coming off of the seat belts, like the seatbelt oh. buckles. So obviously it knows when your seatbelt is plugged in. However, I found nothing. That was the female end coming off of there. I found no male end whatsoever, and there's no light on the dash for a seatbelt warning. So obviously these seats aren't correct to the car. I know that they are the seats that came in it because I've looked up, you know, like all the options on the car, you know, I've kind of tracked like the VIN and everything like that. So you had sport seats originally. Yeah. So it has the sport seats. The color is correct. I know that they've been reupholstered because the fronts don't match the rears entirely. There's like a little bit of difference. You can feel it with your hand and see it with your eyes. If you look carefully, maybe not if you're Tony, but I can tell, <laughs> I can tell the difference. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the seatbelt buckles are correct because those go nowhere. There's a different plug that comes out from underneath the carpet there. And when I had the carpet up, I found it and I traced it back. And I'm not sure what it is. I mean, it's nothing even close to what the seatbelt thing is. Like the, the sensors aren't even close to plugging in. They're completely different harnesses and stuff. But I'm almost wondering if the car originally had heated seats or they were installed at some point because I know that seems absurd for being 89, but you could get the sport seats mm-hmm. heated. That was a thing. It was out by then. Where I was the car remember. sold new? It was sold in San Diego, California. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to have heated seats. Heated <laughs> seats, probably know. not. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I've been kind of tracking some things around. Uh, you know, I've, I've found so many different interesting things in this car. I found mm-hmm. uh, five wasps nests during disassembly. <laughs> you know, course. one in the fender, one on top of the fuel pump, two in the rear bumper, one behind the gauge cluster, like well, literally in the dash. I don't know how a wasp even managed to get in there or right. if it was comfortable, but that's where he chose to live. Well, at least you're not finding pubes in your Subaru like I am. <laughs> what? Oh, you, oh, told, yeah, I told, me I told me about, you about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, pubes in the well, Subaru, that's the worst. Taking the shifter out, I put a short throw shifter in there, and then I was watching, a, what is it, Mighty Car Mods. They had the same thing, taking the short throw shifter out, and there's fucking pubes in there. 
So apparently there's some Japanese guy who's like plucking his pews in Subarus. Just a guy in the factory that just like every now and then he goes over to the production line. He's like, it's hey, watch this. <laughs> he's like, it's better doing it here than at home because at home I have to clean it up. Well, yep, just drop him and drop him, put the shift boot on. Well, and like mine to the one in the video was like a four year difference. So it's like the same guy. He goes, I've done this before. Yeah, he just oh, anytime, anytime, you know, just like once a month. Hey, check this out. He's it's whenever he's showing on. off to the new guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime they a hire fuck. a new guy, he says, This is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and before you know it, as people get replaced and more people believe it, the entire factory is shaving pubes into their Subarus. See, no wonder they're switching to robots. <laughs> <laughs> robots don't have pubes. No. Robots don't have pubes. That's yet. an album that's an album yet. name. There, there we go. Robots don't have pubes, that's an album name. Oh, that sounds God. like yeah, it sounds like an album from one of those bands that you don't want to listen to, but it just kind of shows up on your Spotify and you're like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. give it a try and then before you know it your ears hurt you know what song uh <laughs> apple music does like the thing where as soon as you're done listening to a song if you don't have anything queued up next they'll suggest stuff for you yeah and it'll play yeah, it. spotify does that too for some, if you have it on for some reason and i don't know why but it doesn't matter what song i'm listening to i could be listening to hard rock i could be listening to jazz i could be listening to classical for some reason at any moment my phone thinks i really want to listen to stone in love by journey that is an amazing song i wouldn't even complain no about i'm not it. complaining it's a great song but it's just weird that after any song it doesn't matter what i'm listening it just to wants to play yeah that. yeah like we know you we know what you're gonna and it's funny like, because i don't I, like I've, i haven't listened to that song in like years so now it's like my phone's yeah. trying to pressure me into it it's like hey you forgot about this <laughs> A couple of years ago, uh, yeah, I got the Spotify wrapped thing at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And one of the songs that it told me I'd listened to the most, it was like my 30th like most played song was Cumbersome by Seven Mary Three. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't think I've listened to this song at all this year. <laughs> I was like, how did that even... Maybe you just listened listen to, to it a more- ton in January and forgot by December. <laughs> I mean, I it's only <laughs> listened to it's Cumbersome It's completely possible. All of January, I'm just singing along. I'm like, this is the coolest song ever. And then by December, I didn't know it existed. It's like those songs that you're like, man, this is really good. And you play it over and over and over again. And then next thing you know, it's like, you played this song 200 times last mm-hmm. month. And then you hate the song. Yeah. That was me with every Bad Religion song. My first year of college, I only listened to Bad Religion. And now anytime <laughs> one of their songs comes on, I'm like, I need to skip this. <laughs> well, see, it's perfect. Because not only do you listen to it enough that you hate it, but you listen to it enough that your Spotify thinks... You know, he really likes this song. And then it keeps giving it to Yeah. Tony, you mentioned earlier that your first car was an HHR. You kind of shared some stories on that. So I'm going to go to a story with my first car. And Dalen, maybe you have one queued up for your first car that I remember riding around in and doing a neutral drop in once. Um, (laughs) I'll think of something. (laughs) I think I know what your story is. Uh, I hope it's better than Jake's neutral drop the other day. Oh, way better. Okay, good. Well... My first car was a uh, 2001 Pontiac Bonneville. Good. This thing was bought. The 3800? Yes. Supercharged? 3, it was not supercharged. Damn. It was the naturally aspirated one. It was the uh, SE model, so very basic. But it was very cool because it had a bench seat in the front, but it was like a 60-40 bench where there was like a small split. Yeah. But the center console was attached to the driver's seat, so this thing having zero options on it. They came factory with like memory seats and stuff like that and power seats, and it was awesome. And if you adjusted the seat, the center console went with you. Mm-hmm. So it just tilts around with you. So it was always there. Your arm was never uncomfortable. What what year was that? 2001. Oh, okay. And it was amazing because it also had the thing where nowadays they're all blown out and broken. And mine worked for a little bit before it broke. But it had a thing where when you open the trunk, there was like an air 
jack option. I don't remember exactly what they called it, but it was essentially airbags. You'd open the trunk and the trunk would lower for you. Like the back of the car would lower so that you can load stuff into it easier. And they did the same thing on the Buick uh, Park Avenue, I believe is what it was. Yep. And now anytime you see one of those GM cars from that era driving down the road, the rear end's bouncing around, the exhaust hitting the ground, it's throwing sparks, and you know, you wonder what's happening. Well, it's because all those systems have failed by now, but right. mine worked for a little bit. My dad bought this car for $600. It had, I think, 160,000 miles on it when he bought it. Just broken in. Yep. Yep. It actually, original engine transmission that neither of them ever got any work done except for spark plug changes probably twice and oil changes, obviously. This thing was still running except the rear subframe rusted out and literally the back of the car hit the ground. <laughs> it gave up from rust at 289K. Oh my And we Lord. had not changed anything on it aside from like a $40 coil. That was the only thing that got swapped in its entire life. I had a fun time driving this thing. It was my sophomore year of high school. It was uh, middle of December and I had never driven in snow before and we had just replaced the front tires, but the rear tires were basically bald. This was the day of my final and I had a final that started at nine o'clock and I'm trying to get to class. It's snowing for the first time on that day. I left for school late. I'm like, I still need to get to school. I'll figure it out. I'm going to drive on snow for the first time. I'm like 15 years old driving, you know, and I come into the parking lot and there's like this long, like drawn out 90 degree left-hander. And it was like not very slow. I mean, the speed limit said 25, but realistically, if you're a high schooler, you do 45 around it. <laughs> well, it's snowy out, so I'm only doing 40. And so I'm going around Playing the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I'm taking it easy. Yeah. And I'm going around the corner and the ass end of the car, you know, old tires just completely skates out. It absolutely leaves me. It's like <laughs> heading towards the ditch and I counter steer it back the other way. And I crossed the center line and looped it and I had the car just about straightened out. And then it started tilting to go driver's side into the snowbank. So I whipped it back the other way, brought it back and almost drifted the whole corner. And then I was not a very experienced driver, by the way. And I'm at, back then. And now I'm kind of whipping it back the other way. I'm counter steering back to the right. And I spin the car around and I throw it driver's door first right into the snowbank. Yeah. And just bury the car. And it was completely off the road. And this happened like right outside of my classroom. <laughs> and I look at the clock and it's 8.58. My final starts at 9. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get to class. And so I looked around to figure out where my book bag had flown to. And it was like against one of the doors in the back seat. And I grab the thing. I throw it on. And I climb out the passenger side of the car. And I run through the snow. Go through the side door to the school sit down in class right at nine o'clock. Yeah, I mean, I made it to my final on time and the car was just buried in there. Did you chug a gallon of milk at your final? <laughs> I did not, I didn't have time to stop oh, and get man. a gallon of milk. I wish I did. But yeah, I took my <laughs> like, final, you know, I don't, I don't remember how it went. I don't really care, but got the matter. final done. And uh, I, I walked back out of my class at the end and I'm in the hallway and I see the principal of the school is standing there in the doorway and he's looking out, you know, it's a glass door and he's looking out at the car out there. And I'm walking back out there because that was the only class I had. So I was going to go back out there and figure out how do I get this thing back out. And as I'm walking back out there, the principal sees me walking by. And he stops me. He's like, hey, that's your car, isn't it? I was like, yep. He said, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> I was like, I was running late. And I said, I'm going to be honest. I was speeding around the corner, but it's okay. I'll get the thing out of there. He's like, all right, if you can get it out, it's not a problem. I was like, cool. And I went out there. It was completely stuck. I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. So, COVID. <laughs> you have COVID. 
Yeah. Sorry, guys. You're fucked. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're in a small Morning. room. A small room, closed door. Yeah. I don't see any vents, really. Yeah, no. You, you guys are fucked. You, you might want to get tested. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to call my dad, and that sucked, you know, and he was like, I see exactly what you did. He's like, you need to slow down. And I was like, it's my first time driving on snow. I think I did okay. I made it, you know, the 12 miles here, and I screwed it up in the last 100 feet. I mean, I was like, I did fine. And... It was completely stuck. I couldn't get it out. He ended up kind of digging at some of the snow and just driving back and forth. What are we just running into the snow banks? He'd smash the snow bank with the front of the car, smash the snow bank with the back of the car, and he just rocked it back and forth, just hitting the snow. Doesn't your dad have like a three-quarter ton ram? <laughs> <laughs> like he's going to use it. It's a ram. Ram owners don't use their ram. They just That's drive around true. in it. But yeah, you just tell people you're better than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> just drive around the tow mirrors out and look big. <laughs> no, he just ran into the snowbanks repeatedly and eventually got it out. And I went home and I've never had a on the street incident since then. Of, of I mean, I've never gotten pulled over. I've never gotten a ticket or anything like that. So that is my one like driving off the road incident. And I'm a lot better driver nowadays. But I like looking back at it and laughing. And I miss that car. And honestly, I'm stupid enough to buy another Bonneville. Even <laughs> hey. though like I don't have room for one, I don't have a use for Bonneville either. I kind of want one again. So, buddy of mine had a uh, Park Avenue Ultra with a supercharger. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a more fantastic car for fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, that yeah. is that like, is the same car as the Bonneville. Yeah, like, it's like small differences here and there, but it's pretty much the same thing. And honestly, they they are great. Oh, They're yeah. Great cars. Well, then I don't know about the NA cars, but his is supercharged. And I was driving it back from Kansas City one day, and it's like on the highway, you're going 110. The speedometer's maxed out, and it's still going. And for a full size sedan with a V6, mm-hmm. like. So I, you know, I had the 01 Bonneville 3800 um, naturally aspirated. And when that thing died, um, I wanted another one, but I moved on to a Cobalt, and then eventually a G8, and then another G8, and then another G8. But at the same time, I, G8 problem. <laughs> it really is. Um, I I actually went and test drove a supercharged Bonneville because I wanted a winter car, and they wanted three grand for this thing, eighty thousand miles. It was black. I mean, it was honestly, supercharged. Like considering that it's going to go like another three hundred thousand, yeah. that's not a bad deal. And it, it had basically no rust. They all rust around the gas cap. This did not show. It had like a little bit on the subframe, but whatever. I can get over that. Yeah. Um. Somebody ended up buying it before me. Uh. Some guy bought it for his son, and you know whatever. That kid will enjoy it. Uh. But I test drove that thing, and I it had the heads up display too. You know, super cool. Really? Yeah. It was amazing. Oh, I think this one was a two thousand two, which would have matched my 2002 trans am there you oh, go there you they go. were both black they both had ridiculous fog lights in the bumper those huge ones i test drove uh i test drove this bonneville and this was the supercharged one and i was so used to the naturally aspirated one so yeah. i wanted to feel the difference of this thing and it's a low mile car and i thought this thing was going to be wicked and i laid the pedal down the supercharger does nothing compared to the na1 at least in this case, it could have been a very tired supercharger. The pulley could have been bad, you know, whatever. So, yeah. But I could not tell a difference. And I think I have a fairly decent ass dyno. 
one of my friends explained this to me once. There's a thing in the 3800 supercharger that's like a vacuum bullshit thing that basically lets off boost at low end. So that way you don't do burnouts and shit. Mm-hmm. And like there's a way that you can just zip tie that shut and just have full boost at <laughs> low end. Zip tie. Yeah. Imagine okay. throwing a zip tie on a car and getting like 15 more horsepower. Okay. What is a better way to modify like a $2,000 supercharged Buick than just a zip tie? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah and, oh, I bought a I bought a 20-year-old Pontiac and uh, this zip tie is going to add some horsepower. And on top of that, it's a fucking couch. Like it's two couches yeah. on oh, wheels. So yeah, so comfy. Oh, my Lord. They're perfect. His had the thing. You're talking about the trunk. His had the thing where when you close the trunk, you just kind of set it down and then it pulls itself down. Mine had that. You, yeah. You'd set it down and it would it would stop like two inches before it actually latched and then it would calmly close. Yes. And our 2006 Toyota Sienna does the same thing. See, there's a lot of new cars that have that, but it amazes me that like, because his was a 97. Pontiac and, and Buick like, were like, I mean, I'm biased. I'm a Pontiac fan, but Pontiac and Buick were both like amazing in the '90s and oh, early yeah. 2000s. They had some. Stuff. Don't sleep on Oldsmobile. Olds was great too. Honestly, well, it's the same thing, well, but yeah, and you know, Cadillac and stuff like that. Although Cadillac's a little North, bit more sketchy. North Star. North Star is exactly what comes to mind. They're not terrible, but I mean, like the Cadillac Elante, not not an amazing car, uh, but they're cool. Mm-hmm. But Pontiac and Buick, I feel, are really slept on. Mostly because they're more of a grandma, like, luxury well, car. Well, they, they never but. really had, like, a V8 car, which is, like, they were going into yeah. more of the they newer the, style of... They did the Bonneville GXP, and those things had a North Star, unfortunately, Oof. and they were kind of known for just breaking. They would make it to, like... I mean, if you go on Facebook Marketplace and look for Bonneville GXPs, they're, like, all at 110,000 miles because nobody wants to take them past that. Well, it's because every other one's in a junkyard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just go, and then they blow up, and then every guy with the SSEI, which was a supercharged Bonneville, just buys all the GXP parts. That's how it goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the good thing about those North Star, uh, whatever, Cadillacs and Oldsmobiles. So the supercharged 3800 cars, they all had a front-wheel drive variant of the uh, 4L60. So it was a 4T60 transverse. Well, the, the North Stars came with a 4T80 and the problem with the supercharged V6 cars is they'd all blow out the transmission, like 150,000 yep. miles. And yep. uh, and then you swap over the 4T80. The 4T60s were terrible, and there's actually a guy that'll take the LS4 and pair it to the 4T60. And so people yeah, have, the, the well, LS4 people King have is Grand what is. Prix and Bonneville GXPs, except reliable. Because yeah. if you got a GXP, you know, say it's, it's 2005, and you go to the Pontiac dealership, and you're offered either... V8 Bonneville or V8 Grand Prix. You want a V8, you know, sedan. Yeah. You either got to choose, hmm, does the motor blow up at 120 or does the transmission blow up at 120? Because neither of them would really make it past that. They each had their flaw, but there's there's like a guy, and I think he's kind of a company that pairs them. You, you get you take see, the more reliable of the two, or you could be really cool and put a four T sixty on a North Star and see which one dies first. That would be a cool test. <laughs> that, there you go. That's but, a good one. You know, like, maybe we do need to do an introduction with all our cars after this. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So my first car was a Honda Civic. It was nothing special. It was a two thousand four LX automatic. I mean, when I say, oh yeah, you know, I'm a car guy. I, I, I had a Civic back then. People are like, oh, is it an SI? Is it a hatch? What is it? Nope. 
Nope. It's a four-door sedan with an automatic transmission. How many thousand dollars was it? It was... <laughs> <laughs> three? It was $3,000. Oh, okay. So it was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was It was all right. Yeah. It was okay. I thought it was a pretty decent car. Uh, yeah. I mean, for for like a first car, it was it was perfectly fine. I remember yeah. I was riding with you, and at one time we were going to the gas station, and I was like looking back and forth, and I'm like, how come the driver's side door panel is different than the passenger side <laughs> door panel like the interior like handles were different like that was like factory it wasn't like a mismatch but like it was factory they made them like differently what? because the window switches mm-hmm. and you didn't yeah. know that and i saw you look back and forth at them a little bit and then you said what the hell they're yeah different. <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're like completely different design different design yeah mm-hmm. and that was just because there's four window switches on my side there's only one over there yeah and, and i guess they were, oh, yeah, they were like makes sense. The they were like why would switches. we make two really big handles over there when we could right. just make well, one what they did is the four window switches on the driver's side were on like a flat plane like they are and yeah. they had just like the handle part that was normal but on the passenger side it was flat across there and then when the handle went up at the very top was the was the window switch is at the very top Weird. of the handle and hmm. it was like i've seen that done on some cars but i've never seen a car that says yeah one, one of the doors it's going to be like this but on the other door we're going to do it like this it was almost as if like there was an argument at the factory of which one was better it was probably an afterthought because they started making that generation like 2001 and, it was and all manual they're probably all crank windows yeah, yeah. oh yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. i mean it, it definitely could be an afterthought well it's like dodge neons where they never came with power windows in the back yeah just in the front <laughs> you had power i remember that yeah i don't even know if the srts had power in the back really they did not yeah, at here least we go. I, I watched um I watched Doug Demuro review one and the one that he Dougie has which D. was the Dougie what do they D. call it the ACR or something like that it mm-hmm. was like the oh cool yeah one. even that had crank windows in the back which yeah it's kind of funny because like some of the sedans I've owned if you roll down the front windows but not the backs it sounds like you have an Apache helicopter in your ears so yep. you want to roll the backs down so imagine so, you're driving that thing and you power down the front two windows. And unless you reach behind you and start and, cranking that thing down, you have just this absurd noise in your ear, and you can't do anything about it unless right. you just manually crank the I windows down. I think the reason for that was because the uh, neons used to come as coupes, and then you didn't mm. have power windows in the back as a coupe. Makes I think sense. That so or maybe Dodge they're not just, even like wired up for it. Right. That or Dodge is cheap. They just didn't feel like designing a harness long enough to power those back there. They're like, no one's going to buy this car. We don't have to make anything. <laughs> Some guy at the factory said, it's a neon. Just make a manual in the back. They'll think it's cool. <laughs> Anyways. It's that's one of those, it's like a less cool cobalt. Yeah. yeah or maybe much. like the dart. Is the dart too new? I feel like Dart's the cobalt, too new. Dart I feel like the cobalt sits halfway in between the neon and the dart because like the neon feels like a 90s car. Every Dodge from that era is like five years late. That's just well, how I put it. And that's kind of how the Cobalt was because, you know, you had, we already talked about it, so I don't want to go too deep into it, but like four-cylinder turbo, and it had a big-ass wing if you got the SS. Oh, yeah, and it the did. the taillights looked cool. The front looked cool, at least on the SS package. Had that car, I mean, it came out supercharged and kind of stupid in 2005, but it was good by still 2008 with the turbo. Yeah. yeah it was still had they made fast. that turbo car, like five years before and made it rear wheel drive that would have won the tuner game there would have been so many more like cobalts being sold as opposed to like all the subarus and hondas and stuff that were coming out i mean had they just made that car sooner and rear drive I yeah mean, that well they I, did I have see the, it, being it was late to the party you yeah know? it really was the tuner thing was was such a huge deal and even as a front wheel drive car i mean that 
They're well, beating. I mean, there were yeah. I mean, there were some great front they, wheel drive. They cars. did have the Saturn Sky. What was it? The GXP. That was a, just a rear wheel drive version. Yeah, of that you, had the, you had the Solstice GXP, and then the, that's right. Um, Saturn Sky like red line. Or yeah, something. Sky red line, yeah. which was a rear wheel drive with a 2.0 turbo. And fun fact: that 2.0 turbo was also in the Fisker Karma. Really? Was it really? It's the same engine. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it's in the Fisker Karma. Well, you see now, we're going to get way off topic here. I know. I'm, I'm going to go one more Fisker Karma thing. I heard that they were like going to try and make a new electric car because people keep buying Fisker. Uh, they're alive? Yeah. The name is. Yeah. Not ma- I don't it's think not the Fisker cars. Karma anymore. Uh, so Heinrich like Fisker. Fisker Auto Group. So Heinrich Fisker was the gentleman who designed the Fisker Karma and made the, He's He's actually the same guy who designed the BMW Z8, the best looking car of the modern like era. Maseratis and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. The Ghibli? Uh, could have been. Ghibli. I thought it was like a Gran Turismo or something. Could have. You been. might be right. I mean, yeah. I could be wrong. Don't yeah. The Gran Turismo is a great looking car, by yeah, the way. It, it looks great, but wow, those are shit boxes. Yeah, they are. It's a Maserati. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Uh, n- low expectations. I can say that because I'm poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the Fisker, there there was talks of a new one that had like eleven thousand foot pounds of torque, Jesus just because Christ. electric motors. Right. They're like, we can do this. There's so much that can be done. To. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're. They're now called Karma, and I think it's like the Karma Rivero, oh, something like I that. I think is that. that might be what it is. Okay, so I knew that like it's like uh, Karma Rivera or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I, I've, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I have heard of that. And honestly, I thought that they went under a few years ago. But if they're still around, that's I'll take similar. a note of it. Someone's and always we'll, gonna be buying the name. We'll, we'll do a callback yeah, exactly. in the next it's, episode. Yeah. I'll look it up just oh, to make here, sure we'll yeah. do a callback next all episode. Right, all right. And then, uh, yeah, before we get too far away now, uh, Dan, uh, you shared a little bit about your 2004 Honda Civic. Yeah, little Honda Civic. It was, yeah, it was just, I, a, I it was just a dumb car. But yeah, at the car. same time, like I love it. Like it was my first car. You had that, and I had my Cobalt, and mm-hmm. we'd go out to the high school parking lot and drag race them against yeah. each other. <laughs> we're out there, and it was like just one little parking lot, and it'd be like a twenty-second long race. <laughs> it's we, one little parking lot, and all you hear is <laughs> <laughs> the shit box game. We they were both pretty clean though. Mm-hmm. Like no, oh yeah, they they were they were nice they were boxes. nice cars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they the were they box. were in really good shape. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, a little cleaner. The kitty litter box. <laughs> <laughs> it smells okay, but it's still a shit box. <laughs> oh god, we need to just like run through the cars really fast so we don't have time to like. Yeah, bullshit. to go through everything. Yeah. Uh, after that, I got my second car, a 2008 BMW 128i. Big jump. Uh, huge jump. Yeah. <laughs> Going from a front wheel drive automatic shit box to a decently kind of cool little rear-wheel drive manual car i mean it's all based on the three series it shares like i think 60 percent of its components are shared with the three series so that's going to be powertrain and brakes and suspension is all three series but they just put it into a little coupe form right uh after that car i i bought the mgb i bought that at like the beginning of covid Mm -hmm. uh and i've just slowly been chipping away at that and then the civic died and i I needed like just a cheap, crappy car to get me through the winter. So my grandpa gave me his 99 Oldsmobile uh, Cutlass GLS. Fuck yeah. It's another just 
piece of junk vehicle. I, I, mean, I it, love that car. And I remember when we were we were driving it, just like we were spinning around the lake in the thing, and all you could smell was just tire and power <laughs> steering fluid. And the thing's yeah. whining. The power steering is going. Have I told you about what I, what I do for the, <laughs> for this thing? The the rear of it sags, kind of like your Pontiac thing, but it's not because of the airbags. It's because I have literally like five years worth of used oil and <laughs> used coolant and used uh, brake fluid and power steering fluid. You know what I do? This car leaks everything. It leaks oil, leaks coolant, leaks power steering fluid. It burns all that crap. So what do I do? Well, when it's low on oil, I just dump used BMW oil into into the Oldsmobile. It'll live. What, oh yeah, it'll yeah. live great. It's living a, it's living its best life. Yeah. What engine used do you have co- in it? It's uh thirty one hundred. Thirty one. Okay, yeah. I thought it was the thirty six. Maybe the thirty six is a little bit after that. It's a three point one liter V six. That was the uh, thirty one that came in the uh, Grand Am, I believe. Was it? Of uh, the nineties. I was know, looking up those like that same ones. Yeah, that same engine also came in like some Mitsubishi's, I think. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mitsubishi's just worried about making TVs and batteries. Everything else is borrowed. <laughs> well, thirty one hundred is that that's the same as the twenty eight hundred or not twenty eight hundred, two point eight liter whatever bullshit yeah. that came in like Third gen. Yeah, the V6s are, uh, they're all just the same family. It's just a, yeah. a different displacement. Some garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Oldsmobile sharing all the fluids. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. That's, that's the Where'd cars I've owned. The MG I got, like I said. I think I, it was in March. Yeah, beginning of COVID. March so it would have been April. like March oh, or so April that that of ago. 2020. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Which, a little over a year ago, um, you brought it home and. Yeah, you've done a lot of work to that, haven't you? Yeah, you, you I mean, painted it in a tent. I remember that. I painted it in a tent, <laughs> and my storm front. stole the tent. It's yeah, one of the life goals right there. Is to yeah, do a halfway decent paint job in a tent. Well, I will. I will say the paint. It's not perfect. I definitely should have done more prep work, but for the fact that I bought a two hundred dollar tent at Menards that fit the car and everything inside. By ten, and, I assume you mean like a carport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not yeah. Like it had like metal. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like a carport. But I mean, for two hundred bucks, I bought the tent. For like two hundred, three hundred dollars, I bought all my paint supplies. Yeah. It looks it looks fantastic for a five hundred dollar paint job. Right. Honestly, <laughs> yes, it really does. And granted, you don't have to put very much paint on the car. There's hardly any metal surface. Yeah. But right. I small. mean, yeah, it's a very small car, but it, it's honestly very cool. Um. It's small and there's no roof to paint. There exactly, and I've had the honor of helping him with uh, various things. And mm-hmm. we ran, we picked up. Um, you got uh, the engine with another guy, and then uh, yeah, I picked that up with our buddy Jake. Yep. And yeah. We drove out to um, drove out to Illinois, and we threw it in the back seat of the Oldsmobile, and it just sat there. I, bu- I buckled it in. <laughs> there's so much oil staining on the seats in the Oldsmobile now. And then uh, same deal with the transmission. We picked that up. We threw it in the back of my G8 on the way back from Road America in Wisconsin. <laughs> there you go. And the guy we bought it from was a douche. Oh, he was an enormous douche. We went in there and he's like, I don't even know what he was like asking. I don't remember what he was asking for the uh, well. So he the transmission. But you looked at your money and you were like literally like $10 short. Mm-hmm. The guy's like, no, I won't do that. God. He was, he was like, like oh my God. he was like for that price, I might as well keep it. I've got two Miatas, and he did have two Miatas. Uh, there was one for him and one one for his girlfriend. <laughs> well, and you know he had he had uh, he had like 
he had a number on the side of it and he had all these like racing decals. Yeah, like so I was, or I was like, oh, you know, this guy must race. And he's got like a big Road America sticker. And so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we were just up there. We watched Miata Cup at Road America. He's like, oh, yeah, I've always kind of wanted to like see that. It was like he had no idea that Miata Cup was a thing, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had all these stickers on there, and he had no clue what anything was. Yeah, and then when like you know he Dalen put a screwdriver in uh, the transmission, kind of tested that it could roll through every gear, and the guy was standing there. He's like, "What are you doing?" Oh my God, and it was just like it was just one of those weird scenarios. Yeah. And I, was I like, told him I was just like, "I'm going through, I'm going through every gear to make sure that right. like it spins." He's like, "Oh, I wouldn't have thought it to do that." I was like, "All right, well." Tells me what you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'll put this in my car. <laughs> yep. But then yeah. we go to leave, or I go to pay him, and he's, I think, Corey, you had a little bit of money, and you helped me because this guy was a douchebag, but. Yeah. He, he had to, needed he, to go inside. Well, he had to go something. get change. Yeah. He had to go inside to get change. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to have you step outside of my garage so that I can close the door. I've had people steal things out of here. God. It's like, okay, Corey's G8 is worth more than both of your Miatas and your CRV combined. Money. Like, what yeah, yeah, run? exactly. Yeah. God. And yeah, we, he yeah, literally like had money and like, he's like, step outside my garage. And we like walk out in the driveway. He shuts the garage door and we're just looking at for each other. For five like, seconds. We're like, what is this guy? <laughs> yeah, literally shut for five seconds. Garage door opens back up and he comes out with change. And we're like, what? And it was a nice neighborhood. It was like, yeah, what? what? <laughs> steal. Oh my and then God. his dog got hair all over everything. Yeah. Jesus. His dog exploded. There was half a second I thought you said daughter. His daughter's got <laughs> hair all over everything. She's not a Subaru. Uh, no. She doesn't work in the factory. No, not, not a Subaru builder. Uh, well, enough about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go on to yeah, go the ahead. Uh, various vehicles I've owned. And I've owned uh, not so much. All of my cars are very similar. But anyway, I started Pontiac. off with that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. started off with that 2001 Bonneville. And... Uh, the thing had not died yet, but I was like, I want a different car because I'm in high school and you can't be a douchebag when you own a Bonneville. No. So instead, I bought a black Cobalt Sport. The thing looked cool. Um, I didn't come with the wing installed, but I installed one. But it was the factory one, so it didn't look stupid. Right. But I put that on there, um, and I always kept the thing very clean. I, I waxed this thing literally every week. Like I, I took way more care of it than a Cobalt should have, and I owned it for three years and put like 30,000 miles on it. And honestly, I loved the car. Um, other than the fact that the seats were uncomfortable and the radio was kind of a turd, I enjoyed the car. Um, it was very reliable to me. And for some reason, people in high school thought that it was more expensive than it was probably because it was black paint. And you know, when you wax it a lot, the paint looked very deep. It looked beautiful. Um, but yeah, for being three grand and you know, having no thrills and no horsepower. People thought it was cool. I was like, awesome, whatever. In my junior year of high school, um, I was out at the racetrack, you know, watching watching guys race. And a car goes by with for sale on the side. And it started in like 12th and finished third, I think, that night. And I was like, I'm going to buy that car. And I went down and I talked to the guy. And this was a Friday night. And kind of sat in the car, take, took a look around things or whatever. I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I bought it the next day. That was when I started racing. Stripped the whole thing down. Car got repainted. Got a new wrap on it. You know, everything like that. Um, it's had a lot of work done to it since then. We could tell that this guy did not get 
to third legally. I mean, there was so much illegal crap on the car once we started going through the rule book. That, so, that's racing for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. we put everything back and we're now actually on track to win a championship with a legal car. So I'm very happy oh, yeah. with where we're at with that. Um, which is pretty amazing. Honestly, I'm, I'm thrilled, but yeah. So yeah, I started, you're racing tomorrow, aren't you? Yes. Final race for my regular season is tomorrow. And is it, is it close between you and number two? I have a five-point lead. Okay. And the guy that I'm currently beating in points is the guy that owned this car before me. It was the guy I bought it from. And I'm now beating him with his car that he cheated with that I have legal. <laughs> You've now turned legal. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's it's quite humorous. But, yeah, anyway, that's what started my racing. And then senior year of high school, I decided I needed something cool. And so I was like, I need a Trans Am because I had a mullet, kind of. And, anyway, I needed... I needed a Trans Am. And so Nothing finally, better than letting your mullet fly in the T-tops. Exactly. I wanted a That's black. That's what T-tops are for. Right? Black T-top manual V8. Those were my requirements. And I found one in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was a decent price. And I was like, I'm going to go buy that thing. And I went up there. And I get there, you know, and I pull into the driveway. And I didn't know which one I was buying because this guy had three. They were all identical. <laughs> they were all black. They were all manual. <laughs> Another psychopath. And I was like, "This guy's cool." Uh, <laughs> he says, "He says you can ins- you can look at all of them, but you can only go home with one." <laughs> I wish. Um, no, he was getting rid of the the crustiest one of them all. But you know, yeah, I was in high school and I didn't have a lot of money, and I still have this car to this day, and I love it. But there's rust everywhere. Obviously, it came from Milwaukee, um, and it was literally right on the lake. Mm-hmm. Like this guy lived like a block away from the lake, so. Oh yeah, salt. I mean everything. The cars, the cars roached, but the salty air in the summer and then salt on the road in the winter. Yeah, the underside looks horrible, but if you were to walk around the car, or sit in the thing, you would have no clue it has rust. It's all in the underbody, and the rest of the car is beautiful. Sounds um, about right. Yeah. Well, half the car is fiberglass. Yeah, so it is. Like, so yeah. that helps, and the fiberglass is bubbling on the sail panel. They all do that. Yeah. However, my dash is not cracked, so that makes it worth twice as much as any other Trans Am. Which is honestly amazing because they're all cracked. Yeah, it's, it's all shit. Yeah, it's impossible to find without a cracked dash. And I think what saved it is the fact that this car actually came from up north. Mm. Any car down south, the dashes exploded. It looks like Death Valley. Is that why people just, put carpet on the yes on the dash? Are you going to do that to yours? Probably not no. because mine is never really outside for more than a few hours. Yeah. Like maybe once a week. I don't put a lot of miles on it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I want to keep the miles down. I mean, it's rusty. It's just, you know, don't drive it all that often. There's always a car parked in front of it, whatever. But I love that car. And so that was my fun car. Um, and I can share more stories about it later. But, yeah, I still own that thing to this day. It's still kind of my fun car. And then, um, you know, graduated high school, went to college. My first year of college, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of this Cobalt. I'm going to go to something new. And so I was like, I'm going to get an Acura TL. I'm like, these things are cool. So I wanted a 2008 manual. That was, was like exactly like what I wanted. It was like a V6? Yeah. Okay, yeah, It was yeah. a V6 and it had, Sedan, right? it had VTEC, I think. Um, it was like a three and a half liter. The last, actually, my, my little Civic was the very last Honda car to come without VTEC. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Every single one after that did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was, yeah, this was a, um, it was a 2008 that I was looking at, um, and I looked at one that was over in Omaha, and I looked at one that was in Milwaukee, and there was one in Des Moines, you know, and they're all like some hours away, and I'm 
dumb enough to travel for cars all the time or maybe smart enough because i always come back aside from my trans am i always come back with pretty decent vehicles uh but i didn't end up buying one because i was sitting there in my coding class uh scrolling through facebook marketplace as i do and i see over in chicago there's uh there's a silver g8 and it was only a v6 but i just i just needed a daily you know right and i was like i'm gonna buy that thing it had fifty thousand miles on it perfect and i was like i'm buying that and so i went over and it had like a dent in the door like a very tiny one like a door ding and other than that the car was mint and i was like i'm buying this today and i bought it brought it back absolutely loved it and i was like this is the coolest car ever i just you know wish it was a little bit faster and you know i did some burnouts with it had some old tires and the v6 could actually do burnouts and it could oh, actually yeah. slide around i was impressed by it well it's still real wheel drive, yeah. wheel drive so you don't have any weight back there yeah. yeah i mean they still and they slide around quite a bit i mean i thought it was a really fun car but after you know it was like six months of owning it i was like yeah i need the v8 version now so i sold Usually it how it happens mm-hmm. yeah i sold it and Got a V8 car, salvage title, but got a GT, a black one, uh, for the same price. So I lost no money. All I all I really did was kind of gain a salvage title and gain a little bit of miles. But for the V8 and the heated seats and everything. So on the whole salvage title thing, I know you it's call a that a gain. Thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know that's like a common thing on those Australian cars that they'll get a salvage title because like it's impossible to get parts. Right. You get so like, like one mm-hmm. one little like knock in the door and it's like. Boom, okay. salvage. You get a fender bender, salvage. He's like, yep. There's nothing wrong with that's it. All, I mean, the front bumpers are two grand nowadays. Yeah. It's, it's gotten to wow. the point that if you own a GXP, you're not going to find a GXP bumper. You're like, It's honestly cheaper to import an HSV bumper over here and install it. That is cheaper yeah. than finding it's, a Pontiac it's G8 bumper. Insane. It's so nuts. Those but, GXPs are like gold now. Yeah. But anyway, I drove this black GT for a year, and then uh, last December went over to uh, Canton, Ohio, with Dalen, and I got this white GT, sixty thousand miles on it, super clean. It was uh, it was originally leased to somebody for a year, and then the guy I bought it from bought it, so it was like pretty much a one owner kind of too. Um, so I'd be like the second, third ish owner. Um, but it was super clean, had all the options I want. It's white, you know, that white hot color. Oh yeah. Beautiful sunroof, heated seats. It even had mud flaps from the factory. This guy ordered it with literally every single option you could except the GXP package, Yeah. but it is a fully loaded GT. He got everything on it. It's got like a Pontiac stamped floor mat and like in the trunk and everything Mm -hmm. and factory weather tech. And I was just like, I'm in love with this car and I don't plan on getting rid of it. And then uh, also more recently, I was given this uh, BMW 325i. It's an 89, it's a cabriolet, and it came to me wrecked front end and bronze it, which is ugly, but tan interior. And so uh, Dalen and I stripped the whole thing down. We did some sanding, and I just got the thing painted. So I'm reassembling it right now. It is now uh, Brilliant Roads, which is that bright red color, and it looks awesome. I was awesome. going to say black. Damn. Nah, every like pretty much everything I've owned has been black up until oh, this yeah, G8. Mix it up. So I was like, need some yeah. color. I was like, I need a red car. Yeah, I forgot. To, I guess I forgot to mention on mine. The Civic was white. Uh, the BMW is red. The MGB is blue, and the Oldsmobile cool is tan. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tony, on to you. List off some cars, man. All right. So 
obviously I said I had an HHR. That was the one that was like my parents just gave it to me. It's like, you know, that was the family hand me down. <laughs> they said, here's some bullshit. junk. Don't wreck it. Yeah. Well, actually, so <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. So that car we got because my dad had a Jetta and you know, one of the TDI five speed or six speed Jettas or whatever. And it broke. He rolled it off a bridge. Oh. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like the engine blew up. No, those, those no, he said I'm going hour. off a bridge no, with this. So going like, off a bridge. It was winter time. It was like a railroad track bridge. He was doing that thing from Stand By Me. <laughs> well, he, it was winter time and it was icy. And like, I, I guess I don't know the entire story because it sounds like he was going around a curve, but it was on a bridge. So that doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyways, rolled it off and it was in like a creek. So it wasn't like full of water, but it was like totaled, totaled that thing. And then... So we have our business. We have the bar. So my dad's like, fuck it. We'll get one of these HHRs because it's a good delivery vehicle. Turns out it's not even good at that. It was <laughs> horrible. So that became like the, okay, kids, here's your shit car to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I got a 07 WRX, which still have that, and it's fantastic. Everyone complains about uh, head gasket issues and all that, but... Mine's got 190 on it, and like I don't want to say beaten because I don't really like drive it like a douchebag, but it's owned by a kid, so like mm. neglect- kid stuff happened. Neglected, let's say that I don't take very good care of it. More of like it just sits, but I had that or I have that, and it was through college and everything. That was the daily driver. When I went to college, uh, which I went to college for to restore old cars. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I know you know that, but. Uh, so freshman year is the ambitious project thing. I bought a CJ2A Jeep, mm. and it was going to get a, a five-liter small block Chevy. You've never told me about this. I've never told you that? No, you've never. Oh, this thing was a piece of shit. It was <laughs> it was, oh, I knew that by the name Jeep. <laughs> yeah. It was 500 bucks, and it was mostly just rust. Yeah. And that's like, awesome. Like, it, it quickly occurred to me that I could just buy one that's, like, nice and running and driving. Mm-hmm for way cheaper than it cost to have this one become that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this is going to work. So I traded that to a buddy of mine for a 69 three-door Suburban, mm. which was also a piece of shit. But it ran. Still a good <laughs> trade, though. That yeah. was pretty cool. Still yeah, you went from trade. a Jeep to a Bourbon. I, it sounds like a win to me. Because the Suburban ran and drove. Mm-hmm. It was just a pile of shit. And rusty. Holy shit, was it rusty. Yeah. But... uh. It was so rusty that if you went through any mud, the rear windows you couldn't see through because it splashed the mud up on them. <laughs> but sold that. I got a 95 Camaro, so another fourth gen. And it was a it was an LT1 six-speed. Fucking loved it. It was a, a convertible. Yeah, fantastic combo. It was a convertible. That was the only problem I had with it. But mm. it was still fun in the summer. You put the top down and everything. And mm-hmm. it had the carpet on the dash. Oh, it had yeah. the dash cover on it. Yeah. Which, you know, in the interior on this thing was mint. There was nothing wrong with it. it like fantastic beater car for three grand. Oh, it had a dent in the rear quarter, but we had a new quarter put on it because it came with that. And then uh the problem I have with the carpet, there's nothing holding it down. So whenever you would, would do a burnout or a drift or anything, it'd fly off it'd the fly car. at you, yeah. Yeah. Uh major pain in the ass. Uh I sold that when I left college and was going back home just cause I didn't want to deal with it. Uh, but then from there I got into motorcycles. So I had my Honda CB 300 F, which is the first one I had just a learner bike. And then now I've got a 2019 
Indian Scout Bobber with a 1200. That's pretty sweet. It's pretty fun. Cool. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. That's like a sweet, it. sweet bike. Yeah. Um, which, like, it's not a big bike, but it's big enough that it's comfortable to ride and it'll do 130. Which, right. You know, on a bike where you're not covered is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty feels a lot faster. Right. And then I just bought a 1985 Pontiac Trans Am. Yeah. Blue. Oh, yeah. It's the best thing. Blue. They went from a T-tops. red Camaro to a blue T-top Firebird. There you go. Yeah. Amazing. And Moving up in the world. Right. But then, <laughs> the Firebirds are better than the Camaros. Yes. I, I, I like the pop-up headlights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then there was one point at when I was at school, I had two of my dad's cars, which were a 1962 Morgan Plus 4, mm. which turns out there's only 114 of this model with the 109E really? Ford motor. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of them got, they got like BMW got like, motors. I think it was like a triumph. Motor. Oh, it was a triumph. Okay. Yeah, I think actually that TR three that we have. Yeah. It's basically the same thing for drivetrain. Oh, that sounds terrible. It's they're horrible. <laughs> and the Ford motor is even worse. Is it really? Oh yeah. Is uh, it like a Ford Europe motor or is it, it like a Ford it, US? So they came in Ford consoles. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't even know what that is, but I yeah, know it's yeah. some shitty car it's, from Ford Europe. If you look it up, it's like the ugliest fucking sedan. <laughs> and it's it's so the engine called a 109E, and I think they're 60 horsepower. Oh wow, that's yeah, not great. No, it's I'm not thinking a lot. of a different Morgan then one that that came with the BMW V8 because that's yeah, okay. that would be the Morgan yes. Arrow. Yeah, the Morgan Arrow. Yeah, okay. The arrows because the arrows are badass and all aluminum. Mm-hmm. Yep, but. I had the Morgan, and I had my dad's 63 Vet. Mm. So at one point at school, I had a red motorcycle, a red Camaro, a red Morgan, a red Corvette, and my gray Subaru. <laughs> everything red. Which one had the least amount of rust? Corvette. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because that so that one was restored in the 80s. So, like, I don't know about the frame, to be honest, but that one's Well, like, it's also a Corvette. Yeah. It's not really easy to rust. Yeah, the body has no rust. Yeah. I can guarantee yeah. you that. But I don't know about the frame, but Subaru is a California car, so it's only got a couple of spots. Mm. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And the Morgan, you're not worried about rust, more is rot, which it has a lot. Oh, does it really? Oh, yes. wood floors? Wood everything. Wood everything. Wood, <laughs> wood floor. The body is basically just a wood buck with steel around it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. The shocks, it's got those weird knee action shocks. I don't know what you're supposed oh, to Oh, is it the them. cantilevered ones where it's like... Yeah, there's like arms. There's a well. There's like a box with a spring with like hydraulic fluid and shit in there, mm-hmm. and it's got an arm that comes out. And when it goes up, it pushes the spring down. Okay. Yeah. So those MGB is the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It, that was because I remember you had a pretty weird system. They're dumb. It's dumb because <laughs> they're so dumb. <laughs> it's dumb because it's British, so it's 30s technology in the mm-hmm. 60s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how the British are. Yeah. Yeah. But there's coilover kits for the MGBs, and I've thought about it because they're just they're so dumb. Just get a. Yeah. Uh, It'd probably be a lot easier. Your suspension setup was uh, not exactly fun. To no, put together. I can't even. I wouldn't want to do it again. I, well, I don't even know how I would get that spring off. You just get hurt by it. That's all you do. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's lettery. This, I mean, the yeah. spring, the coils are so small that I could not fit a spring compressor in there. Right. So what do I do? Well, I is, tried ratchet straps. Is the coil? But, but the spring itself is so short that even if I maxed out a ratchet strap, I, I couldn't get it to compress on it all. Because it's solid rear axle, right? Um, this is on the no, front. So these are on the fronts. Oh, and so, it was like two plates. You had like two like wishbone style plates. Yeah. Um, that sat you know 
horizontally and the, the spring set in between, but it was like almost tied between the two. Uh, I don't know whether that was just under the spring's load was holding them there or whatever, but we undid like the control arm and the tie rod and everything like that. And it opened up uh, kind of like an accordion, but the spring stayed in place. Like I feel like by the time and it was still under load, like on the backside, because the spring was bent at probably a 60 degree angle. I feel like by the time you get that spring out, somebody's going to lose a limb. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> no, it was super sketchy. I was going to say on the old Chevys where it's a double wishbone, I just fucking put a jack under the wishbone and then, or under the A-arm and then unhook the tie rod, knock it loose, and then just slowly let down the jack. That's but, that's what we did to actually get it back together because when that yeah. shot down, I was like, uh, uh-oh, this yeah. is going to yeah, be bad. Yeah, we're not going to be able yeah. to lift this. So kind of I had... Corey and Jake, us, yeah, lay, lay, they would lay on top of the fender to, you know, to have weight right. while I jacked, you know, that arm up. And then finally everything got together and I was like, right, in, boom, and It go. wasn't a matter of laying on the fender. Like we were pushing down yeah. on the car oh while he was jacking Lord. it up. And he was sitting there like his face was like eight inches from the spring because he's trying to put the bolt like. I was wearing safety glasses though. So. <laughs> That'll help a lot. High rated safety glasses. So. That that '56 Chevy that we have at work, the um, the wagon. Mm-hmm. I was putting springs in that, and when it was on the lift, you would lift the spring up, but it would lift the car off of the lift before the <laughs> spring would get to where it needs to be. Mm. Was it a 900 pound spring? I, I don't know what the fuck it is for a weight. It's probably car probably weighs 3,500 pounds. It's probably like a 1,500 pound spring. There. I've always 3,500 pounds. You're probably oh, looking at like a, probably looking like a 500 pound spring then, yeah. probably. Still, it's like, it's, they're fucking sketchy. Just a lot. I just hate doing it, yeah. But back to the, the cantilever, the knee action shock. Mm-hmm. On the Morgan, it's mounted to wood. <laughs> <laughs> you can see where this is going. And as <laughs> it rots over the years, <laughs> you're like, am I going to die on my way to work today? Well, and if there's anywhere that water's going to sit, yeah. it's going to be between the it's in that steel perch, yeah. and the... Well, there's no perch. It's just bolted right to the wall. Oh, my God. So that's where it rots out. So I got to get closer to the mic. Yeah. When you hit a bump, because it still has leaf springs, when you hit a bump, the, the fucking axle will move, and the springs just kind of like go with. They're, they don't do anything. What What can you do about the rot? Is there anything you can do, or is you, the car just done? You take the body off and yeah. just slowly make your way to. You have to like replace the piece of wood. Yeah. It like, and it's only That's expensive nowadays. Oh yeah, L- lumber prices. Yeah. Car, I <laughs> right? can scrap the car for more than it's worth. <laughs> it, uh, start putting PVC pipe in for the wood. <laughs> uh, particle board, mm. some styrofoam or some bullshit. Yeah. Just hardboard and just wonder. Yeah. Am I gonna get killed while putting this back together? You know, and the springs under load. Well, you know, all you have to do really. Is you just take that spring off and just screw a piece of wood over it and then just put the thing back on. Yeah. Yeah. And you just ignore it. That's what I do. <laughs> It'll be fine. The, the body, they said it's 12 bolts to take the body off, which doesn't seem That's bad. That's it? That's it. Are but they, are they, where are they Like though? probably massive carriage know. bolts just probably. through the frame. It's British. They're probably wood screws. <laughs> like a number 10 wood screw. It's this ridiculous size that's hard to find and they're like the one-time oh. use aluminum crush screws. They're, or don't, they're, even, don't even get me started on Whitworth. You know what Whitworth, Whitworth. bolts are? You know what Whitworths I don't are? think so. They used them on British cars way back when and it's not metric. It's not standard. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Metric I remember and standard this. bolts have a 60-degree 
thread pitch. We learned this in, in machining class and it's bullshit and boring. This Whitworths have a 55 and they're rounded. Theoretically, it's a better thread, but it takes like 10 times as long to make them. So you just can't. No one fucking makes Whitworths bolts. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you have one, you're just kind of fucked. I, when I started putting stuff back together on the MGB, I just had this bucket of bolts. I was like, all right, some of these have to fit. Like, and we were ma- just sending I was like, man- manufacturers are smart enough that they kind of tend to make like, oh, oh this will work, right? <laughs> was this when you were trying to put your headlights in? This was the headlights, the doors. I, I mean, there's, I'll get a bolt and it's the correct size. But for some reason on some things they were like, yes, we'll use fine pitch. And on others we'll use standard. Yeah. It's like, why? Why are we using different thread pitches? Why are we using such similar sizes? Like what? So you know there's an engineer out there who said this one has to be sta- or fine thread. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's there's an engineer out there that just hates mechanics, mm. and he was like, right. "Wow, I'm gonna make this car, and I don't ever have to work on it. But I hate everybody that does have to work on it. Here's a genius idea." And they start putting weird things together where it's like metric threads, but it uses like an SAE head. That's pretty much yeah. Whitworth right there. <laughs> well, so moral of the story is if you work on a car and you complain about it and it's not British, don't complain. <laughs> right. It gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. British gets a lot of like shit. Yeah. Imagine a French car. Like I don't we, even know. We, I think I I've told you this. We have trucks this. that come into work that have Renault engines. Yeah. And apparently there's a Renault specialist here in town because there was like, Somehow the input shaft um, uh, that is actually, it runs out of the, um, like the shifter linkage. Um, I think it, like it comes directly out of the transmission and into the engine or vice versa. I don't exactly remember because none of us put it back together, but somehow this thing just snapped and it broke. And a place in town was actually able to look at it, kind of figure it out, fabricate it in like a couple hours. And they put the thing together yeah. so that we had like a new shaft and, uh, Everyone at work was like, yeah, I'm not installing this because it's a Mac cab over mm-hmm. and it's just like impossible to work on and it's garbage that we're not used to working on. There's some specialist in town that's like, oh, yeah, I got that. And he came out to work and he had this thing like he had this thing in and the engine and transmission back together and the truck running in like two or three hours. We're just like, Jesus. all right, bud, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> we probably paid him way too much for it. I don't know. <laughs> way back when in were in my town in Mount Vernon, they uh, there was someone there who was selling a Lacar. Oh, <laughs> those are the so Renault cool. Lacar. It's uh, same with the Twingo. It's a uh, Twingo. What the hell was the, the Twingo? Twingo? Oh, you've seen it's it. Such a you've cool seen I, car. I know. You've I've seen, seen me. It was like the, the predecessor to the Clio, essentially, wasn't it? No, the Twingo is the one uh, with the dumb headlights. Yeah, I know, but it, like it, it's kind of the car that the Clio oh, replaced because ah. they kind of do the same thing. Yeah, it, oh, it might be. They just yeah. they just look stupid and they're a hatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Twingo. I what will... about the Fiat Multipla? Oh, uh, is that, that the one that looks like it got punched in the face? <laughs> yeah. It's got like the windshield yeah. stops and then it just extends. It's like they had one guy design the body and another guy like designed like the glass and they're like, that how right do we there, put these together? That right there is like if you take a car from automation and you're like, 
fuck it, we'll sell it. What yeah. it looks like is like a Grand Theft Auto game, like something didn't spawn correctly. Like you have like a sedan <laughs> with like a hatch on top it's, of it. Just it's like, like a character creation. I don't know. Is that like, is that like a fog lamp? Is it a turn signal? What what is that? What light is that? I have no idea. It could be daytime running light. I mean. It could be, but why the hell is it all the way up there? Like, what <laughs> benefit? Like, what, what's the purpose of that? <laughs> oh my! It's Lord. so funny though. It's almost as if like they just hit like randomized character, and that's just what it came with. Especially that one that you're showing me because it's in just a disgusting yellow color. Oh yeah. You know, I like how we never really got any farther than the the Nissan 400Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, as far as new car news goes. We're back yeah, to talking I, about stupid I wanna, French cars. And don't worry, because Italian I'll cars. I'll cut this up and I'll make it like actually like chronological. Take out right. some of the um, details and stuff. It's gonna take you a while. To I do know. It. Yeah, whatever. I wanted to talk Countach. Oh, the yeah. new yeah Countach. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what we have to say. Uh, honestly, I know that we could all form our own opinion, but I'm just gonna be upfront and honest that none of us can afford that. So whatever oh. we say doesn't really matter. Hell no. <laughs> right. I think I think it's really cool. Um, I hope that the car is actually insanely cool when it comes out because the Countach, in my opinion, is one of the greatest cars of all time. Mm-hmm. And do you guys know the famous story of the Countach of how um, that rear wing was illegal in Europe because of like pedestrian safety oh, or whatever? Didn't they have to like and, ship it? No, wait, hold on, hold oh. on. <laughs> so the law stated that parts like that could not be installed within the factory. Right. They installed them in the parking lot. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah. That's yeah. all they had to do to get by it. Hell yeah. So instead, they're like, what if we just bolted a big-ass fiberglass surfboard <laughs> just outside? Well, you ever see the ones where they do that, but it's spoiler on the hood? Yeah, I have yeah. I have seen the hood wings. Cause, like, that is... Because they had really bad front aerodynamic problems, front lift. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is that um, apparently every time they made all these additions to the uh, the Countach, because the Countach, they ran for like, what, 15 years? They ran a long time. A very long time. And so they were like making these things and they came out as kind of just like a weird box. And they were like, oh, let's add this cool thing back here. And then we're going to add this big wing. And then we're going to add a wing on the front. Cool. And they kept adding all these things. And every time they added stuff, the car actually, the performance got worse. The car continually got worse as it went. But they continued to do it because it's Lamborghini. You're buying the looks, not the performance. If you want performance, you go with Ferrari. And so they were just like, this looks cool. I'm buying it. And then like, oh, the car needs something more. Like, you're telling me your Countach doesn't already stand out? You need a wing on it too? Like, they just kept going. and It got crazy and crazy. And apparently it was generating so much front lift that they had to install a wing on the front. And... At least they figured that out. I mean, Mercedes didn't. They did like three backflips at Le Mans in a matter of like three years. <laughs> well, do you know who the, uh, the I don't know if it was the designer or like an engineer or someone, but you know who the one that was putting all the vents and stuff on the Lamborghinis was? It was the Koenigsegg. The guy, the guy who, uh, Christian von Koenigsegg. Christian? It was, it was him. Yeah. He was installing really? the vents? He, he was the one that, he worked at Lamborghini and he was the one who's like, yeah, we need vents. And no we, shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, because the early ones were like very like plain looking. Yeah. And well, who designed the original? Crazier. Was it like a Bertone? Was it... Uh, um, probably. Is it, it either them or like a Tal design or Jajaro design or whatever? Uh, now I'm curious. It doesn't matter. They all sound like pizzas. Yeah, it was, it was Bertone. <laughs> they all sound like pizzas. <laughs> Do That's they not? Bertone. Bertone. Yeah, Man, I get the Bertone no pizza. pepperoni. Dude, if I went to Walmart and saw a Bertone pizza, 
I'd fucking buy that. Yeah? Yeah. It sounds, is, is this your new million dollar idea is, is I do need make write, frozen pizzas, but they just have names of Italian car designers? That, I, I think I could make money. The Enzo that. Supreme. Enzo <laughs> Supreme. I'd get sued for that shit. <laughs> oh, man. I can't put any Ferrari. Okay. It'd be better than a German name. I gotta swallow this. Mm-hmm. It'd be better than a German name because it'd be like a 325i for a pizza huh. or like a i8 the e30 pizza it just comes with oil absolutely <laughs> everywhere <laughs> 710 fluid 710 fluid God. it wouldn't be a pizza though. it'd be like a pretzel and a beer 850 yeah. csi pizza a schnitzel a schnitzel a schnitzel the ac schnitzel it's a joke on ac schnitzer oh yeah uh, what's the little uh we were talking about micro cars the messerschmitt Oh yes. yeah, Messerschmitt. So Messerschmitt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's your million dollar there we idea. Messerschmitt. Like an airplane um, cockpit with yeah. wheels. Well, yeah. they went from making like ridiculous planes. They made like the Messerschmitt 410. Uh, the uh, didn't BMW I, make planes? I think Messerschmitt. Also I think they made, made the, engines for planes. Because the the logo was an airplane. Yeah, that's what that's what a lot of people have said. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that's true or not, the, but, the but I've, I've heard logo, that. Yeah. yeah, the BMW logo is not a airplane rondel. Actually, it's the uh, the flag of Bavaria. Right. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it, people always say like it's an airplane rondel, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's I don't think that's true. It's yeah, it does kind of look like a like it a propeller like spinning, that. but it's also the colors of of the Bavarian it's flag. It's the Bavarian which is flag, what? just with like a a ring around it. Um, and I'm honestly amazed that BMW has not changed their logo in a very long time. Cause I feel like a lot of companies they, have changed their logo. So I they mean, look at they, K backwards N <laughs> K M. Yeah. It just huh. stands for Kia's. Korean motors. Oh, I thought you were talking about K and N air. Filters. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Have you seen Kia's, the new Kia Kia's logo? New logo is no. like K backwards N. It's weird. And I ended up behind like a Kia carnival. Their logo too. Yeah. And it's all lowercase and it, it looks yeah. like comic sans. Like what? Yeah. This is comic sans on like this light blue background. It looks like they, stole it straight from like this is the new kia logo oh jesus yeah (laughs) i I read it as k backwards n yeah uh bmw changed their logo not the logo that's actually going on their cars that's going to stay the same they changed their logo for like stationary paperwork and their website i'll I'll show it to you here uh was this recent yeah it was within the past year this is just what comes up on their website oh yeah it's like just kind of it's it's like a cleaner simpler design yeah but change with the it's, times. Yeah, it's it's all the same. But yeah, those those Messerschmitt like mini cars are so cool. It was just like this weird era in Europe where you had like refrigerator companies and airplane companies and stuff just all trying to get their slice of the market. Right. And so they were making just these tiny cars that you could operate under a motorcycle license because it was way and cheaper and way easier. Because everyone was broke after the war. Yeah, I mean yeah. you could afford that. Shit. Everything was shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine was riding everything around? Everything was shit. Could you imagine riding around one of those little like Messerschmitts and you're just hitting craters and stuff? Yeah. And you're <laughs> bouncing. You just roll the thing, keep going. You have to drive down into where a bomb like blew up and you have to drive back up. You vacation through like, Dresden. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine hitting like a small stone in one of those. Oh, let yeah. alone like a I imagine I imagine those things ride like uh, those like three wheeled or four wheeled like bicycle things that you see people race where you're essentially laying down and like what are those like fiberglass cockpits? Mm -hmm. They're just weird laying down bicycle races. It probably handles like one of those. I mean, um, a little bit quicker. If you go, if you go to the, um, (laughs) the I was hoping someone would do that. (laughs) Reliant Robin, where they have tie like all of this the front, and you just fucking roll it over. Oh yeah, the, thank the you, pigeon. Britain. Yes. 
if you go to the Lane Motor Museum, they have so many micro cars. It's ridiculous. There were so many micro cars there that I've just never even heard of, and it's it, it's just a whole new world. That is in Tennessee. Yep, it's in Nashville. Okay, I I need to go to that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to start. Yeah, we should probably up. wrap this up. Um, I think we're good. Also, I don't think we need an outro. I think we can just like cut end it. it. All right, like, well, that's right a show. Thanks for listening, Messer Schmidt. Whatever, Messer Schmidt. Yeah, <laughs> Messer Schmidt's a good word to end it on. That is, or just completely cut it out mid sent.